0: talk about one of the greatest movies ever
1: created whose idea was it to do this movie i thought it was brilliant it was
2: uh it was actually rob reiner so what happened rob reiner had done a bunch <laughs> of other i uh, meant out we, of the two of
1: you what like to review it on the podcast
0: i think it was you tim it was, it your was idea. you Tim. It was oh your was idea. it me oh
1: yeah. nice. yes i honestly like did not Why nice the list
2: yeah, a bunch of movies, and then you, and then I think you specifically sent another email just to say you guys should do an episode on The Princess Bride.
1: Mm, nice. It was inspiration. It was. It's so,
0: legit.
2: Yeah, Rob Reiner, he was the mastermind of the actual movie. So it was a book. William Goldman, who, as I'm preparing for this, I find out he's actually written so much. He's written novels. He's written books. He's written screenplays. He's written stage plays. That it's like you can't even review his resume you just need to do an episode on him himself Mm -hmm. but he wrote the novel the princess bride in 1971 rob reiner's dad gave him that book when he was a kid he read the book he loved the book and there had actually been several attempts to make the movie throughout the 70s and like even robert redford at one point in time was attached as a director oh wow but nobody could make it work and like the the studios were kind of on the fence about it, but Rob Reiner had uh, accrued a lot of goodwill with the studios with This Is Spinal Tap and Stand By Me, so they came to him and they said, make whatever movie you want, and he's like, well, I'll make The Princess Bride, and then he brought Bill Goldman back to write the screenplay so the original author of the book he oh, bought. Oh, there's it. a good idea. Yeah, so when I was screenplay.
1: researching it, I, I think William Goldman had to buy the rights back though. He did yeah, he did yeah. buy the that was part of it too, is that oh, wow. the rights
2: the rights have been sold, nobody could get it off the ground, and then Bill Goldman bought the rights back for the, the screenplay and him and Reiner got together and got the project
0: off the ground. So. Wow, interesting
2: yeah in terms of the like its budget was sixteen million its box office was thirty million so it was only a modest financial success but it had super high critical acclaim yeah like everybody just gave this movie t- like all the all the credit critics gave it two thumbs up or five stars or whatever all of its all of its um all the articles about it were very very positive sure but not a lot of people went out to see it.
1: I wonder if it was competing against something at the time. Like
2: yeah, so, I actually looked into that. Oh, so you So it came out in October, and there was no other movie that was really a box office smash in the fall. No movie really did well. There was one. I think it was Slam Dance, had like a budget of ten million and grossed thirty. But other than that, there were lots of movies that didn't even make back their budget
1: really interesting
2: but one thing i did find out was that there was actually in terms of a percentage of the dow jones a percentage decrease it was the biggest stock market crash happened in october
0: that was my next question was there something going on was there a recession Mm. or something like that
2: it wasn't a recession it was just a big stock market crash so it wasn't like people are losing their jobs but rich people were losing net worth sure um but still i think whenever there's like a big drop in the dow
0: people just freak out. Oh, I think everyone panics and just starts stop spending.
2: Yeah, cuz it was really like it was really weird. The first thing question I had was Tim's question, which was well, did it go up against like Star Wars or something like what, yeah. right? And no, there was no other good movie that month. No movie did really good in October or the end of September. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, really interesting. And
2: then in the middle of October, you find out about this they called it Black Monday. And it just totally. It, Isn't that what, when
0: they allegedly people were like throwing themselves out of buildings?
2: Well, that like every time there's a stock market crash, they call it black, whatever. Sure. Whatever day of the week. So I think. Unfortunately,
0: that one, they've all been on different days of the week.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we've got a black <laughs> for everybody. Uh, mm, never that's mind. the
0: title of your sex tape. K. No, go yeah. on.
2: <laughs> so yeah, it was a black Monday and it was just. Part of it was was they were starting to use computers to execute stock trades for the first time, sure. And so, and and create other financial instruments. And I'm sure somebody like Tim, who's a master banker, might have more fun researching this
1: in depth than I did. But there's a good book by the same guy that wrote uh, The Big Short. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't talk about technology at that time. Just technology today, and oh, okay. how corporations will pay tons of money just to be like a nanosecond faster. Right. Than wow. The competition. Anyways, that's for maybe another podcast. Or never
2: another podcast. (laughs) 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 Andrew's
1: interested.
0: (laughs) But not really. (laughs) Tell me how you really feel. (laughs) Yeah, for real. I
2: feel
1: like I just did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So So how many of you read the book in high school? I never read the book. No, I didn't either. Oh, really? Because yeah. we all went to Churchill. We all went to the same high school. Yeah. My grade 11 English teacher assigned us this book to read. Who was your teacher? Oh, He was a really big dude. I think it was Mr. Jones. Oh, that dark-haired guy. Yeah, dark-haired, kind of youngish. Yeah. He was obsessed with The Matrix as well. Oh,
0: um, awesome. But,
1: but this was an awesome read, and if I taught a high school English class, I would assign this for sure.
0: See, it's like... What, who are these English teachers that keep assigning me the crappiest books that I have no interest in, and that just every word is yeah. a chore? I yeah, grade you know? eleven,
2: grade eleven, I got Lord of the Flies and just had nightmares.
0: Well, okay, Lord of the Flies was pretty good. Good book, just had nightmares. That's fair. You had nightmares <laughs> from a lot of things though. Yeah, but am Master I Banking, Lordy. for example. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm jealous because I don't remember what I read in high school, but I remember most of them. I was just like. You got to be kidding me! Like this is a Cole's notes for sure. Like I, I'm not going to read it,
1: you know? Yeah, you know, I can't remember my grade ten English teacher. My grade twelve was awesome too. Um, Who's that? Us pick uh, Mr.
0: Saliani. Oh, Saliani's the man. I love yeah. that guy. Did you have him? Yeah. Yeah. He gave me some of my best advice that I'll still I still apply to to so many things. When we were writing the, uh, I may have shared this story on the podcast before. Um, but when we were prepping for the grade 12, like the provincial exams, he had us all write an essay and then grade each other's essays. We had to grade five essays in class. And mm. by the fifth one, you're just like, this is, it sucks. They're so bad. They're so poorly written and they're just boring. And you're like poking your eyes out at the end of grading five of these things. And he just says, so how, how painful was that to have to read five of these stupid essays and grade them all? No imagine you're one of the teachers marking the provincial essay and you have to do 100 of these a day he's like don't make don't worry about making a good essay just make it funny if you make it funny it'll stand out you'll make their day better they'll give you a good grade that's Mm. all that matters so i just wrote a funny essay and i got like a 96 or something i smashed it. oh nice yeah so i mean awesome advice i think for so many things like i don't know being able to sympathize with the people you're dealing with, <clears throat> seeing things from their perspective and thinking outside the box and kind of changing it up to, um, to instead of just going through the motions of what you're supposed to do, you know, getting creative with with real ways to accomplish things. Same idea with these cool resumes you see once in a while, you know, when some guy's applying to like a game company and he submits like a stat block from one of their monsters as his resume or, a, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so uh, Sally Annie, awesome teacher. I did that
2: with, I did that with job postings to an extent. Like I think I toned down my original one, but I was having, I was trying to hire like a general office administrator Mm -hmm. and I just put out a job posting that was like, are you a detailed mother who wants to get shit done? (laughs) That was like my original draft. Like I toned it down a bit, but it was like, just like, that was kind of the, idea that i went with was it was like do you have attention to detail yeah have, can you put up with annoying people like do you, you know do you like to get things done and, and meet deadlines and this is a job for you apply like no experience necessary blah 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 or whatever because i was just think i kept thinking about this job posting I'm like how do i write it and um, this is what i'm looking for and then it's like just write exactly what you're looking for yeah. Like, don't butter it up at all. Just write down exactly what you're looking for. And, uh, and that, yeah, it was, it was good. We ended up hiring somebody. She's still at the company oh, six nice. days later.
0: The world's <laughs> kind of turning this way, I think. Yeah. Six days later? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I was joking. I was joking. Oh, okay. Like, wow, well, well good. It Great is a serious
1: problem. Like, like I took it in business school, Angie, Did you ever take like an organizational behavior course? Unfortunately. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty useless, except, I really liked what they did. They kind of focused on what to look for in an interview and what, what are some key things for retaining talent?
0: Yeah. I don't know if
1: they'll actually work. I think they will, but they, they brought up some interesting points. Like one of them was salary really doesn't make a difference for an employee. Mm. If you, if you raise someone's salary by whatever, some meager five or 10% chances are they're going to leave within nine months anyways. Cause they're unhappy for some other sort of reason. Sure.
2: Well, it's called a, it's a sanitation. I think they call it a sanitation factor, right? Mm-hmm. So a wage is enough to make someone to get someone to stay, but it doesn't. It's not an incentive for them to work harder. Right. Oh it's yeah. One, it's, they, so they call it like a sanitation. So in terms of motivating employees, like sanitation is meeting like your base needs on the the hierarchy of needs. So if you pay somebody a lot of money, they will. Event, like it, it. I'm not talking about small salary increases, but sure, if you pay somebody a lot of money, they will stay, but they might not necessarily be motivated or interested in the work. Yeah, it's just enough to keep them, but you might not get a lot of productivity out of them. Yeah. That's what I remember from like 10 years ago from the class I hated the most out of all uh. classes I took, including <laughs> French and Canadian tax. <laughs> you so, took
1: French, I didn't know you took
2: French just one semester, correspondence. <laughs> my wife said she'd help me. Oh, And I got a B minus. Oh, nice. You passed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So going back to Princess Bride, do we do that? Yeah. Let's get
0: back on track. Is that what we're here for? Uh, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So William Goldman buys back the script or the the rights to it. Works on a screenplay with Rob Reiner. Yeah. Who's also a, a talented guy.
2: Yeah. Like he's got a good resume.
0: Yeah.
2: And, uh, I think like we talked about a bit of it, but he's done, he did this, his spinal tap right. and uh, the body. And when Harry met Sally, a few good men.
0: Misery. He's done a few. Stevie he did misery. King.
2: Yeah. He's done. Yeah.
1: So he, I think we may have already said this, but yeah, he did build kind of that resume so that he was able to do princess bride when it seemed like, When I was doing research, they didn't specifically say who was against it, but it just seemed like it was a project that um, a lot of people didn't love the idea, but they allowed it because it was Rob Reiner.
2: Yeah. Hmm. So I think, so after, so then it, it gets into the theater and it doesn't have, like, it's not a massive box office success, but then like when we look at other movies released in October that year, it was actually very, very competitive. It was one of the top, most profitable movies that was released in that month you had a stock market crash sure um and i mean like beverly hills cop 2 was the biggest movie that year like 1987 just wasn't a big year for movies yeah i don't think you didn't have anything so so it
0: did well all things considered it doubled its money
2: if well, well i mean like we've talked about this before, Tim. If you've listened to our other episodes, is that the production budget doesn't take into consideration marketing costs? What oh, doesn't? No. Ooh. So this is just like its gross profit was fourteen million, but then when you take into consideration like sales and marketing, it maybe it only made a million bucks. I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. No. Which? I why that.
0: are they reporting this kind of like? It's such an arbitrary number. It means nothing. You know, if you're not including all of your expenditures, <clears> then. <throat> your money in doesn't really mean anything. Well, the plot
2: actually thickens further
0: because oh. what,
2: what movie Here's production... Here's me asking the good questions. Okay, go here, on. What, movie production, uh, what production studios do is that they actually set up a separate corporation and the movie is the product of that separate corporation. Mm-hmm. And then let's say, Di- so Disney, when they make Star Wars, they'll create like a Star Wars Inc. or a Lightsabers Inc. or yeah. Rise of Skywalker Inc., yeah, And then the movie's made under that. And then Disney will charge that company like a management fee. And usually the movie's corporation ends up being at a loss or at zero income. Right. So I think if they started, if they actually reported the financial figures for the corporation that the movie was a part of, you'd just have like, you'd be like, it, it sold 1.2 billion and had a net of... Negative $35 mm. and it, it like, it just wouldn't make any sense. So, sure.
0: Cause they're spreading the, the wealth around. Yeah. Yeah. I hear so. they do that too, to screw people over. They do. Yeah. I've heard a few stories where guys write, make a contract to get paid on gross profits or um, net well, profits. Net.
2: Mark Hamill signed up for a net, uh, net royalty on star Wars. And that's mm-hmm. why he's not as ludicrously rich as George Lucas, who took a royalty on gross. And merchandising, well, right? And Lucas
0: took the merchandise. That's the the key for yeah. that guy. Yeah. But yeah, I've I have heard they do that. So they're like at the end of the day, oh well, the movie only made the studio like a hundred grand. So yeah. here's your uh here's $200. your five thousand dollars. You you yeah. have fun with that. Yeah. Have you guys looked at the like the cast um of Princess Bride?
1: Movie? Yeah, of Princess Bride, like Like, I would say there's a lot of, like, notable people. There's no, like, A-plus level, besides maybe Billy Crystal. um, Yeah. A-plus level actor. But they're all, like, like, Carrie. I don't know how to say his last name. Ooh, Lewis? I've had a
0: problem with that one myself. We
1: all have a problem with that one. So, but he's, do you realize he's the mayor in Stranger Things? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, that just kind of blew my mind. Well, he was the main guy in Saw, in the first Saw movie. He was. He was the doctor. And then he comes up. And he's the ultimate villain in the last Saw movie, right?
1: Oh, I never saw a Saw, so. Well, I
2: didn't I only watched the first two. I didn't have the stomach for the next yeah. ten. Oh. Yeah. No, he's done help.
0: he's done a lot of stuff. He was the bad guy in that old live action jungle book movie.
2: Right. Oh, and was he was yeah. he was the he was the potential stepdad or whatever in Liar Liar. And he just gets screwed. Right, right. right? Like Jim Carrey's like, I'm a terrible person and I'm ruining my, and he just shows up and he's like dating the ex-wife and is a nice guy and blah 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 and then she just decides to get back together with Jim carrey at the end and it's like okay so i was the good guy and for what? back with the liar okay thanks a lot and he was robin hood and robin hood men i was gonna say that yeah, yeah, yeah he was robin hood robin Hood
0: undoubtedly yeah. his most notable role for sure so most best role
2: we can definitely say that this launched his career but i mean like star wars didn't have it like alec guinness was a big star, but other than him, the original Obi Wan, there was no real True. big star in uh, Star Wars. So, I, I just I think it's interesting this movie and and shows like Arrested Development and Community where they get really really high critical acclaim and they get a cult following, but the general public isn't interested in watching it. Like that was what happened with Arrested Development: poor ratings, high critical acclaim. Community, yeah. same thing: poor ratings, high critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. And same thing with. Willy Wonka. Box office. Yeah. Willy Wonka. Which Willy Wonka? Oh, the, the first one, the, the first Gene one? Wilder one. Same thing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I think actually lost box office too. It was a huge flop.
0: Right. Huh. Um, I just found a Reddit AMA. Yeah. With Carrie Ellis, and he says he pronounced his name like Elvis, but with a W. So Elvis Ellis. Carrie Ellis.
1: Okay.
2: There we go. There it we go.
0: We'll get, get sound his name like right. A speech impediment a little bit. <laughs>
1: But Elvis.
2: uh, I'm Elvis.
1: Elvis. I'm Elvis. <laughs> Elvis Presley. <laughs> but Mandy uh, Patinkin. Patinkin. I didn't know this. Yeah, I don't know if you ever watched Criminal Minds in the beginning season. Yeah, he yeah, was the, the he was guy. Gideon.
2: Yeah, yeah, that blew my mind when I was like looking oh, at that. Oh yeah. Well, Joe Mantegna, who replaced him, was the voice of that the gangster in The Simpsons, right? Mm-hmm. Fat Tony or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which also blew my mind.
1: Joe Montana, Yeah. <laughs> I knew him from Searching for Bobby Fisher. He was the dad in Searching oh, for Bobby Fisher. Sure. Oh, sure. So. He was Joe Montana. Se- yeah.
0: All, anyways. I, I think man, all of those guys have, have had, like, successful acting careers. And like you say, none of them are, like, really A-listers. Yeah. Like, Robin Wright's been in a lot of things. That's true. She's She's been doing okay, I think. She did House of Cards recently. Right. Yeah. But it's funny that, like... I don't think I recognize most of them. I always recognize Cary Elwes because I've just been uh, kind of a, like a fan of his since Princess Bride when I was a kid.
1: Wallace yeah. Shawn is the voice for yeah. uh, toy, the Dinosaur in Toy yeah, Story. that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> Vizzini. It's like such a good, unique voice. Such a good voice. You pick it out and you'll know, hey, that's the guy that's, in that's Dinosaur in Toy Story.
0: So,
2: yeah. so Wallace Shawn, like, he didn't even have to act really in his role I was reading about him like he's a a Harvard grad and he did some studies at Oxford so wow. when he plays the Sicilian with his brilliant intellect or what, it, what however they say it right what do they call it dizzying intellect <laughs> he actually was like a man of dizzying in, intellect and he I guess he was constantly insecure because they had before they cast him they talked about casting Danny DeVito and so every time he was in a scene he was like <laughs> This isn't how Danny DeVito would have done it. He thought they were going to fire him and (laughs) replace him with Danny DeVito. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, just the... Him acting like himself, which, like, a hyper-intelligent, hyper-nervous kind of person, that made that character, right?
0: Oh, so Mm -hmm. good. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes there's, like, fine casting, and you could put anybody in a role, or a few people in a role. But, like... His casting is perfect. I can't imagine the movie with Danny DeVito in that place instead. Oh, I know. I think 100%. it would be too goofy. Like, Danny yeah, DeVito's yeah. just too funny yeah. and too silly. And Wallace Shawn has just enough of, like, like a normal guy that's just too short and kind of weird. I don't know. That you, you could take him a little bit seriously, well. right? Like, you could take him seriously in this comedic, hilarious, stupid role.
2: Well, other, like, especially when how he's always hatching his schemes and... And explaining his schemes and, and you're like, Whoa, this is like, like you need an overthinker in that role. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, right.
2: And someone with a history degree from Harvard, who's done work at Oxford has got to be an overthinker.
0: Yeah. True. He right? really didn't have right? to act. Like, he just had to be himself. He just,
2: it's like, we need you to just kind of get up and give your, <laughs> uh, your master's thesis. <laughs> Inconceivable. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you fell victim what... to one of the classic blunders. <laughs> never the most famous of which is never get involved in a land war in land Asia, war in Asia. Yeah. but only slightly less well known is this: never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line.
2: Like everything about, like oh, there's so much in this movie that is so clever, mm. right? Like oh, the whole the whole battle about... of wits, the whole like, and then he he wins, and and Robin Wright is like, "How did you know?" Which glass he was going to pick. And he's like, I didn't. I've spent the last 10 years building up
1: (laughs) a resistance to Iocane. And that's believable and funny and not believable. It's like, yeah. All in one encompassing. It is. It's it's like a perfect balance. Do you think that they had a train left-handed for quite a while? They did.
0: Yes. So I was listening to an interview and they, uh, So they go and they train at like half speed or quarter speed to get the choreography all down, and it took them like I th- I want to say it took them like six months. And they go to Rob, and they have they hired two of these like world class fencers from uh, from England to come teach to train with Carrie and uh, Mandy. So they go to Rob Reiner after months of of hard training, like eight hours a day, and they're like, okay, here we go, and they show him the thing, and he's like. And it was like a it was like a minute long fight. They had choreographed a sixty second fight, and so they show Rob Reiner. He's like, "Okay, that's great. So where's the rest of it?" And they're like, "Well, what do you mean? Like we put we put six months of like hard work into this." He's like, "What, guys? Look at this beautiful set. We're standing in. I built you this beautiful set, the cliffs of insanity. It's amazing. And you want it to be sixty seconds? Give me like three minutes." <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh my gosh!" And he's like, "And you got to do it left handed." <laughs> so. So they had to go back and spent like a ton, a ton of time training with these guys. Apparently, like between while they're filming other scenes, as soon as they have a break, they're rehearsing their sword fights. It was like nonstop training for those sword fights. So I, think, I wa- Go ahead. Oh yeah, no, sorry. I watched the movie
1: uh, last night, mm-hmm. or two nights ago, and I was trying to notice: are they how much left-handed fighting are they doing? And they actually do quite a bit. Yeah. And it looks pretty good. Noticeably, that you don't really even notice they're fighting left-handed until one of them—I can't remember who says first—Anigo Montoya says, "Well, I'm not left-handed." Right. And uh, and they keep fighting, and then Dread Pirate Roberts, <laughs> Carey, U.S., El- Elvis. Says, I'm not Elvis, that's right. I'm not left-handed either. <laughs> and it's good. Like I can't even do a layup in basketball left-handed, and I played tons of basketball when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, right? I can't play guitar left-handed. It's, like, basically impossible. Um, Did Andrew leave us? Yeah, where'd he go? I don't know. But um, He walked upstairs. Yeah, maybe he's... Oh, well. Hello? Oh. Okay, I don't know what...
2: You know, can you see like by your name? There's a little bar that like goes up and down, yeah. or whatever. It's like the buffering. So mine just like froze, and then you guys couldn't oh. hear me anymore. So I don't know what. Happened, yeah, restart
1: but, it. Uh... Oh. Okay.
2: It's all good. All right, sorry to disrupt the mojo, there, guys.
1: No worries. You did. Uh, yeah, we were just talking a little bit about the sword fight. When did you get cut off? Did you miss no, I could the sword hear fight? you
2: guys. I could hear you guys the whole time. You guys just mm, couldn't hear
1: me. Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. And then it just gets better from there. Like the uh, and uh, man the whole thing's so good but going like he does the three fights in order you know in such a linear fashion and you see like the way he interacts with those guys the you you get the personality of all three of the the bad guys i guess i don't know what you call them the kidnappers but they're,
2: yeah they're just well that's the thing that, like and i think that's the thing that's so funny about this movie is that you f- they're not really bad guys they're just guys hired to do a yeah. job and then he ends up becoming their buddies. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Same thing. Like when he's fighting Fezic, the whole time they're talking about they don't want to hurt each other. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good, good
1: sportsmanship. Yeah, sportsmanship. And, uh, yeah. sportsmanlike. That's right.
0: that's, that's but, very sportsmanlike.
1: Uh, we didn't really talk about Andre the Giant, and like, is one of the cast members. Yeah. When I was preparing for this, I read that. He was very difficult to understand, and he is in the movie. Absolutely, but apparently it was way worse. So the director Rob Reiner would have him tape his own lines or tape voiceover of it, and then yeah. he would go to his hotel and then practice. Oh wow! He, yeah, clear. so
2: Rob Rob Reiner would say the lines into a, would record Rob Reiner saying the lines, and then give that to Fezzik, or to Andre the Giant say this is how it's supposed to sound. Just mm-hmm. make these sounds. No way. Kind right. Of thing. And so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause they could <laughs> yeah. and they were like, I don't know, we might've read the same article, but Rob Reiner was like, this guy is like perfect physically for this role, but you yeah. can't understand. Him. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. you know, and he's not a great actor, but he's great for that role. Oh, I think he's, yeah, I think he's perfect. He's not a great actor, but
2: I think
0: it works perfectly.
2: What's the part when he comes in the cloak on like a, Oh, a cart yeah. or whatever. Right. He, yeah. What does he say? He's just like
0: be whatever. I have no idea. That that one that's I've never George known yeah. what he's saying. It's so hard to understand him there.
2: But I think that's gotta be in my that's one of my top three
1: scenes in the movie. It's so great. It's like Andre the John. On fire. <laughs> yeah. It is apocalypse yeah. cloak or
0: whatever they call it. <laughs> and,
1: he and he might have like I mean we can we'll talk probably I'm sure about quotes in it, but my favorite's gotta be the stop rhyming. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anybody want a peanut? Yeah, there you go. So.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is probably the classic line from the movie. Well, one of them. Because <laughs> uh, Indigo Montoya's line is also pretty classic.
2: Which You killed my father, prepared yeah. to die?
1: There's so many. And then As You Wish from Wesley. As You Wish.
2: Yeah, and then how Grandpa says that to the son at the end yeah. of the movie just makes a tear roll down your cheek. Yeah.
1: It's true. And then
2: Inconceivable.
0: Inconceivable, the... yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's there's I lots. Th-
2: the top Inigo Montoya is when they take a break from sword fighting, and he's like, do you by any chance have six fingers yeah. on your left yeah. hand? And it's just like so, so casual. casual. Yeah. And you're like, uh, no, I don't. And he's like, oh. My father is killed by a six-fingered man.
1: You're like, Whoa. <laughs> but it was great because uh Wesley was saying, "Do you start all your conversations?" Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, like yes. the most stoic face and voice that you could imagine. So
2: I think that's one thing that makes the like the dialogue is so honest because the characters say things that you would actually think that they would say in that situation, right? Like they're sword fighting. They're like, "You mind if we take a break?" Like every time I watch these, like Braveheart or the city of god or whatever one of these medieval war movies i'm looking at these guys and i'm like holy crap like they're do any of them stop to think and say like i don't want to gouge a guy's eyes out of his skull like let's just let's let's talk this over a brewski buddy (laughs) that's what i'd be saying if i was you know lined up in a freaking to roll around in the mud in chainmail but this movie like they say that, they, oh, I'm really tired of sword fighting. Do you mind if we
1: just, just take a break take a and breather, chat for a minute? That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right? But even, like, the one the line, I wrote this down when I was watching the movie, is when Inigo Montoya says, you seem a decent fellow, I hate to kill you. Yeah. And then Wesley <laughs> yes. says, you seem a de- decent fellow, I hate to I die.
0: I hate to die. Yeah. But it's just great dialogue <laughs> between the two of them. <laughs> Uh, and even just like throwing him the rope, you know, like Vizzini cuts the rope when he's climbing the cliff, mm. and then Montoya like wants a sword fight, so he throws him the rope. Come on up, let's <laughs> yes. let's duke this out. Yes, that whole th- well, because
2: he's
1: like I'm waiting. Right? Yeah, he's like, are you gonna be long? <laughs> <laughs> it's so civil. Oh and he, yeah, and, he, and he's impatient and he misses. Like I hate waiting. <laughs> yeah, and, and even the dialogue with him throwing down the rope, wearing on his father's grave that he'll make it up. Yeah, that's life. right. That's right. So there's, there's oh, some great nobility so good. to that.
0: Okay, so this brings me back to the thing that I think is the most important thing for me in in enjoying a movie,
1: at least yeah. an adventure
0: movie. And I think adventure movies are some of my favorites. Back to the yeah. future. Star Wars, it maybe maybe Indiana Jones, you know.
2: Well, I think the box office would agree with the, you on and that. And
0: I think the thing that I love about it most is the character development in a well done adventure movie. Any movie, really. Mm-hmm. Just I gotta really love the characters. And Princess Bride, I I feel like I feel like we all intimately know the personality behind Buttercup, Wesley, Inigo Montoya, Fezzik, Vizini, Humperdinck, Miracle Max, the freaking albino in the bottom of the pit of despair. Like this stupid NPC <laughs> side character. We we get him.
1: We all know the guy. I think I think this is a result I, we're honest for sure, right? And I think it's William Goldman's genius because if you mm. read the book, he does a backstory on all of these characters. Interesting. Right. And it's almost like I remember I remember a few I didn't reread the book, but I remember a few things like Wesley was almost creepy he was creepy in his love for butter mm. he'd like wake up at 4 a.m and do a bunch of exercises so that he'd be in tip-top shape super I creepy i
0: would never do that
1: but just those things and then same with backgrounds with all the the, the three quote three bad guys with uh Fezzik, Fazzini, and Inigo Montoya. yeah um so yeah i think that's you're onto something and i think william goldman being able to write the screen pit play yeah was able he just it's weird he was able to like translate that into a movie so well when a lot of that gets lost when you turn a book
0: into a movie it does and even not just a book like this has been my problem with um at least with rogue one and i know andrew thinks rogue one is the best star wars movie ever made or since return of the jedi or something
1: i thought it was pretty good. i mean a
0: lot of people think it's it's like the best of the new movies yeah. And I don't know. I think The Force Awakens is still my favorite because, and I think that's why. Because I cared about Rey. I liked Finn. I liked Poe. Um, You know, like there's these new people being introduced that are compelling and I'm interested in it. I like the characters and I want to find out more. I want to learn more about Rey. I want to know where she comes from, you know. And Rogue One, I don't know anyone's names even. I don't, I literally, Wow. I actually don't know the names of any of those people. Wait, Forrest Whitaker, I feel like I know his name. Because it's like yeah. chainsaw. Saw yeah, Saw, Saw right?
2: cuz it sounds suspiciously like a, you know, South American, Central American
0: guerrilla fighter's right? name as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just like yeah. there was no character development for me in in Rogue One. And so, I liked it. The cinematography was amazing. The visuals were absolutely Top notch, like super, super good, but I just like didn't care about the characters, and so when they blow up uh, Mustafar, whatever the name of that planet is, Scar, Scarif, Scarif, yeah. when they blow up Scarif at the end, and we watch the heroes hugging as their demise flies in their faces, I'm just like, all right, like I don't feel bad for them because I don't even know them, I don't care about them.
2: Yeah, Meh. I didn't care, I didn't care either with that. I think like the thing that I like about Rogue One is that it is. A simple Star Wars story where I'm not waiting for another part to come and it tells a simple story and it tells it very simply and it just it drives to the point they've got the mission and the robots funny instead of annoying and and that like that's all I care that's why I like it so much. Is that with all the other Star Wars movies it's like well I've still got eight more movies to watch (laughs) to see it to the end. But this one it's like (coughs) this was a simple it's almost like it was just a long TV special. That's what I like, like about it. It's like you like it. the
0: theory of it more than you like the movie.
2: The movie of it. I do, Well, that it's like if I want to watch a Star Wars movie but I don't want to invest eight hours, I'll put on that's fair, One. That's fair because if you're going right? to watch yeah.
0: A New Hope, you have to watch Empire and you have to watch Jedi.
2: Exact, exactly. And then after so you've I done think, that, you
0: probably need to go watch the prequels again even though you don't, but you probably will. Now, we don't want to spoil our future episodes about how the prequels are no, most, best kept secret. No, that's not what the episode is about. Best
2: kept secret... Best kept secret of the last twenty
1: years. is <laughs> oh. the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, uh, sorry to shift gears back. Yeah. Um, maybe with a couple of lines that I really like in Princess Bride were some like paradoxical statements. Whose? Like when, oh paradoxical par- statements. Like par- yeah. So like for example, when um, Wesley finally approaches uh Fazzini, um and. Zini said there is nothing to explain you're trying to kidnap what I have rightfully stolen <laughs> I just yeah. thought that was a great line and then another paradoxical <laughs> statement later on in the movie when um, when Wesley and Buttercup are in the uh, black swamp the fire swamp Forest, whatever it's fire swamp that's what they call um, Buttercup says we'll never survive and then Wesley says nonsense you only say never because no one ever has <laughs> I just think like that dialogue <laughs> is it's it's timeless and like in Andrew's outline for this podcast he's what makes a cult classic a cult classic i think the the dialogue and screenwriting is yeah. a centerpiece to that it is
2: like the, like when the plot is extremely simple but the characters and the dialogue is extremely complex and so to have like a good movie in a in a like as you called this tim a rewatchable movie You don't need a long movie. You don't need good visual effects. You need a very, very simple story that's easy to follow with characters that are very, very engaging. Mm -hmm. And that's what you get in this movie. I think that maybe the reason why this movie... I think I've got two theories on why this movie didn't do so well in the box office. Is like, to really get it, you need to watch... To really appreciate it, you need to watch it like three or four times. Mm to catch all the dialogue and the subtleties and the the cleverness to like fully appreciate right. it. Yeah. And nobody like and the other thing I think is just the title cuz I remember listening to you guys talking about it when I was younger, my parents hadn't made me watch it, so I was like Princess Bride. You guys yeah. like Is this a party movie? It does sound like a good movie. And so nobody's going to like what do you want to do on Friday night while well, the stock market's just collapsed 28% Let's go see this movie called Princess Bride. Yeah. And then the first thing you're thinking is like, what am I going to tell the guys at work on Monday? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I think timing, right? I, think, I think
0: timing is a huge it's gotta be a huge bit. Timing and
1: maybe even, the marketing of the title is just
2: Yeah. Just the name keeping yeah. the same name. Like. And it's interesting because you know, like having a son and a daughter, I know there's some like quote unquote girly shows that my daughter will watch but they're actually like it's an interesting show or whatever my son will watch with her and then as soon as you say even you don't even tease him you just say oh you're watching whatever he's like no i'm not that's a stupid girl show <laughs> mm-hmm. and no, i think similar kind of thing with the title of princess bride it's like what are you watching nothing it's stupid it's a girl movie it's called princess bride my sister made me watch it
1: why don't you leave me alone it's funny all each of us have a boy and a girl and oh yeah kids. that's true Right. Oh, yeah. We've. I. I've seen similar things to that too. Yeah. It's like that as
2: soon sense. as, so I think that I, yeah. I think that the title, interestingly enough, would be the only explanation for why this movie didn't do better, because I think it's only ninety eight minutes. It's not like you're going into the movie theater and your butt's numb when you come yeah. out of it. Well, and it that is... was
1: the great thing when you told. I was like Andrew. I don't have time to rewatch this. And you're like, yeah. It's ninety eight minutes, and I'm like, oh, I could rewatch yeah, I could that. that. No problem. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's true.
2: Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Andrew. Oh, no problem. But I think like along, so it's got a short run time. It's got jokes that um, parents will understand. It's got um, an adventure sense that appeals to children. So this is the ultimate, like, it's Sunday night. Let's watch a movie. Yeah. Let's put on this hour and a half adventure that works for everybody. Like, I think the appeal of adventure movies, and I think you've talked about this before, Blake, is that. If you can't agree, it's like, oh, my one friend likes horror movies. My one friend likes sci-fi movies. My other friend likes fantasy movies. Well, it's something we can all agree on. Just this classic archetypal adventure movie.
1: And I mean, it's it's got everything. Like, even in the trailer, I don't know if either of you watched the trailer, it even advertises it has everything. Like, it's, right. it's an adventure movie, but it's almost like a romantic comedy in a way. Yeah. Um, it's a love story and like all these layers to it <coughs> that make it speak to a big audience. That's probably why it did so well on cable for so long. I
0: kind of like that. It's also there. There's not a main character. Like I think buttercup is supposed to be the protagonist, mm. but like Wesley is also the protagonist and Fezzik and Inigo Montoya are also the protagonists. Maybe not Fezzik as much, but Montoya is for sure. You know, we follow his whole yeah. character arc through to revenge on the Six Fingered Man, and you know, like completing that whole thing. So that's pretty it even,
1: even keel.
2: like it's yeah. an, it, Well, it's like an it's an ensemble movie, right? So the group is the protagonist. Yeah, there you go. Mm, oh, yeah, that's fair. Whereas, like sometimes, like you do get you get some movies where there is no you don't know who you're rooting right. for. But this one you're rooting for the party, right? And everybody in the party's got a slightly different objective, but all their objectives are intersyncing or interlocking and coming together. But I guess that's that's what makes it
0: interesting, because it's not like the Avengers in an ensemble movie where, you know, thirteen superheroes are the protagonists, but they're a team. They're a cohesive unit. Yeah. Uh, well, depending on the movie, but most of them. You know? But in this one it's like I... several random people that just happen to yeah. their goals happen to take them in the same direction and then they're all best friends yeah. at the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. I couldn't even.
0: I didn't even go see the last Avengers movie. Yeah.
1: It was three 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 and a half hours long. I'm just like, I am not going to. I
0: watched it on Disney Plus over a couple days. And uh, I. So, like, yes, yesterday and the day before yesterday? Something like that. <laughs> I Disney saw it Plus in the theater.
2: I saw it in the theater on a Sunday, and my mother in law <laughs> was titanically
1: disappointed. <laughs> uh, well. You know, um, I about the movie, or that you saw it on a Sunday. That I saw it on a Sunday. Well, if you're
0: gonna go see a movie on a Sunday, like get a go to a good one. <laughs> oh, this movie
2: had me. I didn't know if I was gonna laugh or cry. Every scene,
1: I just I you don't... loved it. I mean, most yeah, people loved way. it.
0: I'm still like, eh.
1: I'll get around and watch it one day. There's so know. many lines that we haven't talked about in in this like marriage.
0: Yeah, Ma- marriage. So come good. on, that's like. That's top. that's up. Everybody there. knows. See, so that's that's the thing. You can any yeah, any of yeah. those lines. You can say it, and someone in your group, probably everyone in your group, will know exactly what you're quoting.
2: Yeah, well, like Anchorman's a lot like that. Napoleon Dynamite's yeah. a lot like that. Yeah, yeah. It Just became so yeah. quotable. And I think that's the thing with Will Ferrell movies, is like Will Ferrell movies aren't always very good, but they are always always very it's quotable. quotable. Mm-hmm. And that's why they just kind of live on forever like half his movies i don't even think i've seen but when somebody's like I guy's playing moby dick for real i'm like oh Brothers," <laughs> right or when what's when he says in anchorman does he say like it works 80 yeah. percent of the time 100 percent of
0: the time works every time
2: yeah i know that's from anchorman yeah. but i've fallen asleep every time i've watched Anchorman. you know i
0: watched anchorman again the other day and it doesn't hold up as yeah. much like it's pretty poorly right. done there's a lot of yeah. it's it looks like a b movie when I watch it again, yeah, which I got to throw to princess bride. I rewatched it again, uh, maybe six months ago and Holy cow. I like couldn't believe how good it was.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like this is a movie I could put on for my kids and it would probably shortly become their favorite right. movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Um, like I've got no doubt about that. Whereas Anchorman, man.
0: You don't put that on for your kids.
2: You, you gotta wait. I, w- a few years. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on for my adult no. children. I, right, like, it it hasn't aged as well. But I think, like, this is a timeless... People have been telling adventure stories about epic heroes mm-hmm. since yeah. uh-huh. we've been writing down stories, right? So that is that is timeless. And then I think it just gets elevated with the dialogue. I think that's a reason why, like, Arrested Development, you have to watch it, like, four times to get every joke. And sometimes oh, yeah. you got to wait four seasons for the punchline to a joke that was set up <laughs> in the first season. <laughs> it's right? true. And sometimes you think that you already got the punchline in the second season, but then the real punchline comes <laughs> another season later, right?
0: It is true, man. Arrested it Development is. is so... I mean, it's some of my favorite TV, and it's some of the best TV ever made, I think. But it For is, sure. like, it's so detailed, and it definitely took some time. Like, I i remember watching a, an episode with my sisters when it was new, and I was like, yeah. what is this garbage? This, is so, this show yeah. sucks. Oh, yeah. You know, I had to. I don't remember why I watched it again, but um, yeah, once you figure it out, it's just like super clever. But it takes it takes effort to get into it. I have never, first, seen it, so I'll have to check. Tim, it Tim, you got to watch it, and you you the newer seasons. I don't know if you need to bother with, but the
2: first yeah, three, the first they're three they're on Netflix, right? yeah,
0: and they're yeah. just it. It is like some of the best TV ever made. It's not like The Office which is also, I think, some of the best TV ever. But The Office yeah. is, like, so simple, and you, and you like Andrew said, on, on The Office, the punchlines come, like, immediately. It's like a joke, mm, punchline, yeah. joke, punchline. It just does that throughout the episode. And Arrested Development is a little more nuanced, and it stretches things out. It just is, like, a different type of comedy, but, man, when you get into it, it's, like, so well done.
2: Well, I I know like as soon as I first started watching it and they're talking about George Michael and I'm laughing because the (laughs) character is named after George Michael, the singer, but it's not till the fourth season, which was part of the Netflix relaunch, which I mean is like 15 years later, whatever, 10 years later, where they finally make a George Michael joke. (laughs) So the whole time I'm watching the first three seasons, I'm laughing about this character being named George Michael (laughs) and nobody making a joke about him being (laughs) named George (laughs) Michael. And then finally the actual punchline comes which is somebody makes a George like the newscaster makes a George Michael joke right or he starts going by George May Harris and then George May Harris was a guy who was in the news for like having sex with an underage boy in a bathroom stall <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just like keeps on going keeps it on does going. it just doesn't quit man but it's so good I think it's a similar thing because even just sitting down talking about this stuff with you guys there's so many things about this movie that I forgot or I'm like I can't believe I missed that mm. and I think like every time you watch it you're like oh wait that is wait. did he just say that like
1: oh I it, just caught that right and you notice different things like another thing I noticed was the background music
0: oh the music's awesome
1: was- man Oh, it was like, you know, it's kind of like video game-esque for that time period. Yeah. And I think it really brings a good mood into the different aspects of the story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The music, I was just, when when our feed cut out there and we're going back, I was just like immediately was singing the Fire Swamp song in my head. Like Mm
1: -hmm. it was just...
0: You got that down? Yeah, that, man. Oh, it's so good. It's got freaking wicked music.
1: Yeah. I like I don't even
0: To Blathe.
1: Yeah, oh that's another quote. How did we forget to blaze?
0: <laughs> Which blade. we all know is to bluff. Love. <laughs> <laughs> then his wife comes out. He said true love. <laughs> true love.
1: Uh, humadink. Humbadink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or a nice MLT mutton lettuce MLT. tomato. Slice the mutton. Uh, mutton le-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a- apparently, Billy Crystal still gets asked. Like, I watched a YouTube interview, and he said a little while ago, someone looked up to me and asked me, "Is that very lean?" Billy like, <laughs> <I like it." laughs> <laughs> so still is Billy Crystal's only in this movie for a few yeah, minutes, right? But he's it's. Like I can't think of a better uh a movie I like more that has Billy Crystal in it oh, and
0: Yeah, it's Drive. so good. I mean, it's just there's there's some magic I think that happened with this thing. Like I think it's a combination of I think it's just all the pieces came together exactly how they're supposed to.
1: Mm-hmm. Little
0: analogy. Apparently, back in the day when Gibson was making their guitars, they would take like a mallet and they'd select a neck and they'd hit Like tap the neck and find the note that the neck was like resonating at, and then they'd go smack the mallet on all of the different bodies until they found one that had like the same tonal qualities. Oh, really? And they'd match those, and then they'd do the same thing with like the top piece of maple on the body and with the fretboard, and so they'd make these guitars that just like sang because all the pieces worked well together. And once in a while, like the the Les Paul that I bought, I it came into the store and and our guitar guru grabbed me and he's like this is what a Les Paul is supposed to sound like. And I played that compared to probably a hundred other guitars and it was just so much better. Sometimes you just, like, everything really works. And I think this movie, like, everything about it was great. The casting was perfect. The script is amazing. And you have William Goldman doing the script, like the guy that wrote the book. So the vision is there. Like, everything. The music is perfect. The Billy Crystal's ad-libs are
1: are awesome. just on
0: point like everything about it comes together i don't say this about a lot of movies but i think it's on my list of perfect movies i don't think i could change yeah, anything wondering... about it
2: that's what carrie because they've been sony's talking about remaking it and carrie always said like how can you improve upon a perfect yeah thing? yeah and
1: i think and, like this is oh go ahead Tim. oh i was gonna say william goldman i think is the, the cornerstone to that movie and such a unique talent in the sense that he was an author of of this novel, but he's also done a lot of screenwriting. Um, yeah, it's not like you're trying to get uh, J.K. Rowling to come in, who's an author, and now you're asking her, consulting her on doing the movie. Yes, where William Goldman can do both. William Goldman just passed away almost a year ago today. Oh, jeez! When I looked that up, that was uh, that was, that was. I didn't know he was even alive last year um and him being dead i i think there's no way you can you should remake this movie no because as you both have said and and others have said it's it's really the perfect movie
2: like i think the only reason to remake this movie would be a cash grab absolutely that's Definitely. the only reason to remake this movie cuz i think if you just think about and I don't know a lot technically about movies, but I just think if you got somebody who did technically understand how you make and write a movie, they would probably look at this and say, this movie is textbook and by the book, everything you should do right in yeah. a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause there's just, I don't like, I don't know what to actually criticize about this
0: movie. Yeah. Which coming from Andrew, I would say is, the highest praise anyone could achieve <laughs>
1: the the fans on the other hand maybe the uh maybe fred savage being like a chicago's bear fan is the <laughs> only downfall <laughs> but I, I mean no it's pretty good i think i am uh db rates of, what 97 i don't know what rotten yeah Tomas it's one of the, it. like
2: it's yeah it's rated as one of the greatest movies of all time and for sure probably like the capstone of that movie Is that how everything in the story builds into the story between the grandfather and the grandson, and it all gets capstoned off with the grandpa saying as you wish. Yeah. And it's just, it's not just like, like everything in that movie ties together.
1: And you know, it's funny because like rewinding back to what we talked about, like our, our son and daughter dynamic, you even see that with Fred Savage. Fred Savage is like, is this exciting? yeah but true exactly is this a, exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally
1: it's it's almost like it works it makes it work so well in the movie but it's like a detriment maybe to the marketing to have the title the princess bride
2: because for sure everybody who is about to see that movie was like is this a kissing yeah. movie?" yeah mm-hmm. like is this a girl is this a chick like you'd guy? have to do that
0: trailer really well to get people to want to go to it
2: yeah, but even if it's just a movie where it's like, hey, we're going to the Princess Bride this weekend, you want to come? It's like, oh, is that a chick flick? Yeah. No, no, it's supposed to be really fun. No, it's uh, great fun for okay, the whole Okay, sure yeah. it is. Okay, well, I'm going to go see Brave Die Hard, <laughs> Smash Fist, <laughs> hyper-testosterone movie so that I don't look like a girl at work on Monday. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, and I really like that, that dynamic of the grandfather-grandson and I like what they do in the movie. Like, there's one part where he, Buttercup escapes in the water. And uh, and then the grandpa stops right? and says, well, they don't get her. And then the boy is like, what? what, what? And, like, takes him out yeah. of the book. And is you look scared. You look nervous. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just exactly. want you to know she's going to make it. <laughs> and then, when they continue to read, he rereads some of the stuff that he's already read. Yeah. And the boy has to tell him, You've read that. <laughs> and he's annoyed. And just those nuances that oh, they nail perfectly. Yeah, It's just like everybody's grandpa doing that <laughs> and driving you crazy. Oh, so, so that's another you, whole level. And, and it's just amazing they fit this all in a 98 minute movie. Because
2: yeah. every time I think about this movie, I feel like it was longer. Cause so much goes on. There's Mm -hmm. so much. I'm like, by the time he gets to the rats of, what the R O U S is or whatever. Yeah. i like, isn't this like, isn't that like, isn't that like, two hours into the movie? Because I'm thinking about him. First, there's him being the the farm boy, and then there's him being the Dread Pirate robbers. Then there's him fighting three different villains. Then there's him becoming friends with the villains. Then there's him getting. He's like, running from Humphrey. Yeah. Like it's just there's so much that happens that by the time it comes to that part, I'm like, what? Like, this is a big movie put into a tiny yeah, box. That's interesting.
1: Right? It's like a really good essay where the author didn't waste any time. Yeah, he he put all the pieces together really well and just didn't waste time. Like every scene is a character development scene. Or furthering the story or excitement and, and action or or a love dynamic or death yeah like note of despair, like just <laughs> all these wonderful things.
2: no scene is wasted, no dialogue is wasted, like everything that somebody says reveals something about themselves, everything that something someone does advances the plot, like there's just no like uh we needed to fill a runtime of hundred and twenty minutes, so this is what we yeah. got yeah
1: it's about whatever our so, podcast is right now right well no we okay <laughs> Kim, do you want to be on here or not we can edit you out of do. we can edit you out. we can edit you straight out yeah Just the, <laughs> like our podcast is i don't know if you want to put this in here but it's going on as long as this movie is And we're still talking about this No, we've
2: got it. There's always, like, a bunch of opening banter to edit out. And this conversation is getting hacked for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wait, like, one thing I've been observing, Blake, like, as we've been doing these podcast episodes and digging into these... Just these different kinds of artists is just identifying, like, a true craftsman. Uh, Yeah. You know, and I think that this team in, in the Princess Bride... Like, I think a true craftsman takes something that is impossibly hard to do and presents it in a way that looks like anybody can mm. do it. Like, it's so refined and yeah, simple.
0: Yeah, I like that. And
2: Because that, you you look at this movie and you see everything that goes on, you're like, I could write a story like this. Yeah, right. Because it's very, very, on, on the surface level, it's very, very basic. And a lot of it is just like, why didn't I think of that? Like, this mm. is just all so... I've got my basic hero, my basic damsel in distress. He goes, he fights three villains. He gets his band of merry men. They go fight the big bad. Everybody goes home. And
0: it's true. Like the, the story originally was a bedtime story for his girls. Yeah. Right. Like, and he just asked these two girls, what, what kind of story do you want to hear? And the one said, "Uh, tell me about a princess. And the other one said, tell me about a bride. So, okay. He just made up the princess bride, like on the spot and over, I'm sure months or years he told it, but, but uh, yeah, so it's got to be simple. It's for, it's a bedtime story for little kids. The story is not, yeah, not technical.
2: And I, well, I think if there's do you, like me and my kids before bed, we watch a lot of magic tricks like pen and Teller cool. Fool Us. Hmm. And the best magic tricks are the ones that keep my kids interested. There's always somebody who comes on and says like, they talk a lot yeah. or they do something and the, or they've got a big production or whatever. But the guys who always fool, they typically do an extremely simple trick, mm. and the, their sleight of hand and their their technical skills are usually so good that it's just like that's what ends up fooling somebody is that they're just it's such a simple trick. It's these simple card tricks, yeah. right? It's not like a big David Copperfield presentation, Sigfried and Roy kind of thing. It's just some guy comes out with four cards and four coins or some guy comes out with a deck of cards or some, and it's simple, easy magic. And lots of the time it ends up being close up magic. And that's what my kids can stay captivated with. And that's what ends up fooling Penn and Teller. Right.
1: right. Do you think that movies should be more simple than what they are now? Dude, Cause yeah. sometimes I feel like they're overly complex, overly CGI. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> There's, have you guys seen this movie called wind river? It's got Jeremy right. No, in I've it. seen
0: no. the trailer for it, but haven't watched it.
2: It me and Ashley watched that movie and usually when me and Ashley watch movies, she's she never comes away from it being like, "Wow, that was awesome." But this movie I fell asleep first and she was she woke me up at the end. She was like, "That movie was absolutely amazing." But it's so simple that at the end of the movie you're almost like, "Did I miss something?" Mm. And you review it, you're like, "No, like I caught everything." And that was just a really simple well told story and i feel great for having watched it
0: yeah. i i prefer yeah. my movies that way unless the unless the yeah. point of the movie is to be complex like i really liked inception you know i know a lot of people yeah, a lot of people don't that, I, I liked it i liked it a lot and i think you know i had to watch it two times um but I think my favorite movies and the rewatchable movies are the ones that are, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't have to be. So I, I want them to, to slow down a little bit and and like give it to me very basically and very plainly. Like I want to be following along the whole time. I don't want to feel like I'm playing catch up. Or not knowing what's going on. Yeah, and like sometimes I feel like, I feel like, like I'm heck? running behind a truck that's pulling me with a with a rope, you know, and it's going just faster than I can run. So I'm like barely keeping up. And I don't want to feel like. Or that.
1: what? What frustrates me too about movies? So, the, gosh, what's the one after Force Awakens? Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Yeah. So one thing that bugged me is that the like Finn and the Chinese girl yeah. go on this side escapade. Why? And that had nothing to yeah. It's like why? Yeah, There's such a waste. Maybe they'll explain yeah. it in three sure. minutes. Well, but I'm the like, reason they did that was it. so that
0: we could get a little bit of PC. Save the save the oh, animals.
2: Okay, okay, Ben Shapiro. I didn't realize Ben Shapiro's on the dude. podcast. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> man. why else is it in there, man?
1: Uh, we don't know. And it's just such. It's like to bring it back to my essay analogy. They wasted so much time. Yeah. And effort yeah. That could have been utilized better in developing some other story, some dialogue, some character development, but they chose to, to focus on that and had nothing to do yeah. with the entire movie. Super and it'll probably have nothing to do with this trilogy of movies for sure.
2: I th- like one thing that made the original trilogy awesome that both sequel and prequel trilogies suffer from is original trilogy: Luke, Leia, Han. And a fuzzy sidekick. Mm. That's it's it.
1: Like you got a R two D two.
2: Okay, two robotic sidekicks and a fuzzy sidekick. But really, the movie revolves around three yeah. people. I well, think definitely. that is the most I can handle. Any viewer can handle paying
1: attention yeah. to in a significant way is three people, right? And I think those are the three people on like the first credits. Like it would be the director. Yeah. And then when they all come up, they're like they're either on top or they're the only three people that they'll show as the main character. So you're right. Yeah.
2: So like prequel trilogy would have, if they could have just kept Padme, Anakin, Obi-Wan together, the three of them together. Sure. For all three movies mm-hmm. would have been a better movie <laughs> if they were like a team. And that's, a, so same thing with sequel trilogy. If you just had Poe, Daisy and Finn, who's Daisy. And that's, Daisy Ridley. Oh, whatever. yeah, Ray. I just mix them up. I mix <laughs> no, up the gotcha. real names gotcha. in there. I got gotcha. you. Right? I knew who you're talking but, about. Yeah. So if you just had Ray, Poe, and Finn, and they're your three adventurers, the, the audience can track yeah. that, right? The audience can handle that. But when it's like, and now they're introducing like two new characters in the new movie. Yeah. Right. You've got Zori Bliss or whatever the that white girl, and then you've mm-hmm. got the other not white girl. And it's like, <laughs> holy crap. Like how many more people am I? This is the last movie. There should be less characters. Somebody should have died by it's, now.
1: You're losing the audience by that. Like it's
2: like more people should be dead. I should be concentrated on less people, not more.
0: people. That's interesting. Yeah. I just think of game of Thrones, which I haven't really watched, but I know it's got a ginormous cast of characters.
2: But that's a mini series, right? That's how many hours. True. Are- like that's when fair, you're, when and you probably—I would, would guess I mean, right?
0: maybe—that you probably follow three people per episode.
2: Yeah, you don't. You don't. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like Breaking Bad has a lot of people in it, but it was fifty episodes. You know, plus and, and each episode's
1: forty-five minutes,
2: and you—you know—one episode fo- focuses more on Walter and Skyler, and yeah. one episode focuses more on Jesse and whatever his girlfriend's name Dang. is, and yeah, well, or the next girlfriend or the next girlfriend like didn't you right you don't have a big diversion throughout yeah that's fair like imagine cramming all of that into two hours if you had to cram one season into two hours and that's how it feels when they get these huge casts it's like we're taking five hours of miniseries material and cramming it into see and that's what makes me feel like
0: i'm getting towed behind the truck because for them to to touch on everybody's story and to hit all of the important plot points they hit these scenes and they happen really quick and the, yeah. the, it's jarring to me. The one that keeps standing out is in uh, – the, the one that I really noticed is in Batman uh, – what's the last one? The Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight, yeah. Rises, yep, yep. All right, and Dark Rises yeah. And there's that scene where where Commissioner Gordon goes to like the police chief or something in his house and, yeah. and he like tries to get him to help. I don't know what he's doing. But it's just yeah. like – it's just kind of out of nowhere. He's standing on the guy's porch yes. and they're talking and then it goes away. And it's just as mm-hmm. like, and you kind of feel like, and you're like, am I supposed to care about? Yeah, this Yeah, I'm guy? like, what's happening? Like, I don't even know what they're talking you, about, and yes, I feel like it's important. Yeah, totally, but it just is so quick and in and out, and I'm just, I, I, lose it. It's, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't. It's yeah, too much. I don't like it. I so I agree with you, no, Tim. I agree Things with gotta you. slow down a little bit. Simplify. <clears> yeah. And I
2: think if you take the Mandalorian though, that's like they have no. two hours worth of material. And they're stretching it out over a mini Yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, so you That's just how get I a lot of scenes
0: my... of walking. The and last episode. armor. The second episode?
2: Yeah,
1: did you guys see
0: the second yeah.
2: episode? I. Well, okay. Yes, it was great.
1: Did you see it? I, I saw know. it. Oh. I won't spoil it because Andrew, it's pretty good.
0: I don't care. No, I he, don't care. Yeah, I he won't care. I spoil things for myself. Spoil it, Tim. What do you got? Uh, yeah. Well,
1: it just seems like no, with the jaw, was. um. <laughs> attacking his plane or whatever, dismantling it. It's like we wasted an episode. Like he's just having to recover his stuff from the Eh. Jawas to be able to take back. I guess we learn or he learns that this Yoda creature type character has powers. Sure. But do you start
2: to feel like you're watching walking dead where you're just like, great. They just went to the camp so Rick could destroy it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, yeah. That's a great count way to me put out it. of this series. Count me out of this series because if it starts feeling like Walking Dead, where it's watching a Star Wars character walk in the desert and shoot people and then burn a camp down to find another camp to burn the camp yeah. down to walk in the desert for. Ten more episodes, like count me out of this series. I mean, it's only
1: well, I'm gonna give it another like three or four episodes. It's it's I like it so far. I'm gonna watch it. It's like, like a B B plus. Yeah.
2: So. Like the re- the relationship I have with Walking Dead, I can only characterize as abusive. Like I feel like the <laughs> every season I'm the battered wife, and I keep coming back, <laughs> and it's like why am I here? <laughs> Nothing happened <laughs> until the last episode. It was ten <laughs> episodes of watching people walk around in like farm. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And right? then something happens at the end. And then here oh season eleven. Here I am. Opening night. Popcorn. Yeah. Ready, waiting. And I'm like, great. So they walked around some more. I wish this movie focused more on dead and not walking. <laughs> <right>? <laughs>
0: like <laughs> Uh, we
1: should do a podcast, or you should do a podcast about that. We we it starts tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I got another uh a qu- just side note. You're gonna cut this out. Yeah. But when I talk, I see that my like little indicator thing, yeah. only goes from like one quarter and like maybe at most half. My but I see to... like mine too. Yeah. It's oh, just okay. Is it just? Oh, I see what you're saying. And mine you guys... goes
0: higher, and yours is. Yeah, way high. So is fine. that
1: going to interrupt your? Is that going to be hard on your audio? No, Andrew can bump the volume no, in post.
2: I just bump. I yeah, it's hard. It's annoying, but I do it every time, and oh. I don't always do it well because I'm not a professional.
1: Well, whatever. When we uh, when we get like a thousand <laughs> followers. I really like that you're all of a sudden. <laughs> <not a> <laughs> I'm gonna be like uh, just uh, crashing in every uh, third or fourth. episode. It's like oh, all of us Oh, I didn't know we were a trilogy now. Just... It's a trio, man. Have yeah, you guys had a anybody else? Uh, you had Jordan on for one. No, you're episode? our first. You're our first no, guest, bro. You're our first. Oh wow! I am no, honored. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, or You should be. I you're should welcome. Be. Yeah. If you do another uh, rewatchable, I thrilled to come
2: back yeah we could talk about your obsession with watching a guy get
1: chased around by gay guys <laughs> yeah we'll do the Shawshank Redemption for you next. <laughs> there's other movies you can do but yeah that's a good one
2: and that was how one. I spent my six great swimming lessons <laughs>